Welcome to Wines We Drink, a podcast for wine lovers and learners. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and together with my counterpart, Keith Herndon, we'll be exploring a new wine each week. Keith is a lover of wine, and I am a learner of wine. We hope you'll learn and sip along with us, too. Welcome back, everyone, to Wines We Drink, the podcast where each episode is an exploration of a unique wine varietal or style that features me and my co-host, Keith Herndon, drinking an exceptional example. Keith, it's great to be back with you for today's show, episode seven in our summer fun. Thanks again, Charlotte. Last week was our midpoint and what we're calling our case of episodes. So it's exciting to plan out these next six episodes. Oh, yes, it is. And well, for that midpoint episode, as you described, we held our little celebration by drinking and talking about some very delicious sparkling wine. If you missed that fun conversation, please circle back and find it wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the podcast platforms. So anyway, it's going to be hard to top the bubbly that we drank last week. So Keith, what are we drinking today? Well, coming off that celebration episode, I thought it would be appropriate to keep it fun and light and drink a staple of the backyard patio in the summer, rosé. Oh, yes. You are so (laughs) on point with this week's wine style. It's the middle of summer. This episode is posting on July 14th, and we all want that summer refresher at this time of year. And who doesn't love a good rosé? Well, you know, you'd be surprised at how many people shy away from rosé. They, they still associate it with sweet wines or those mass-produced white Zinfandels from many years back. Frankly, they just weren't very good, right? <laughs> and, and it gave pink wines uh, a reputation that's, for many people, been hard to overcome. Well, I'm certainly glad that my wine journey is taking off at the time of a rosé renaissance. So these wines just seem very approachable to me. Yes, I would say that about a decade ago, Uh, Most rosé wines were considered bottom shelf, but they're certainly back in favor, and that has everything to do with a resurgence in quality. Uh, The rosé category is flowing with just great wines these days. Wow. Well, before we drink today's selection, can you explain for those wine novices among us like me exactly what a rosé wine is? Well, yeah. First of all, it's important to understand that we're not talking about wines made from pink grapes. Oh man, okay? darn. <laughs> you know, we have red wines and white wines and, and they're typically made from red grapes and white grapes, but I don't think pink grapes really exist in the wine world like that. And we're not talking about taking a white wine and mixing it with a little red wine either. I guess that sometimes happens and, and sometimes in a sparkling rosé that might might still be a, a, a wine, a blend like that, you know, might be used to make a pink wine. But uh, that wouldn't be what we would call a quality rosé. Um, I'll take Wine Enthusiast Magazine, uh, their word for it, when they write that that's not the normal quality production for rosé, right? That kind of white and red blend. A true rosé is made when the skin of red grapes is allowed to be in contact with the grape's juice for just a little bit, you know, just a little time. Uh, maybe a several hours or up to two to three days, right? Uh, if you were making a red wine, this process of skin contact, which, in, which is called maceration, uh, it would last for much, much longer, sometimes up to a month or so, right? So <clears throat> with rosé, the winemaker has to decide how pink they want the wine to be, right? Mm-hmm. And then so how much of that skin contact should be uh, in touch with the juice and how much of those tannins 
that are in the skin uh, should be present in the wine. <clears throat> we don't consider rosé wine, uh, you know, a rosé wine style to be overly tannic or mouth drying. So in most cases, a true rosé is pale in color. Wow. Okay. So we know that rosés come from red wine grapes. Are there ones we should look for? You'll find rosés made from all sorts of red varietals and blends. It's not uncommon <clears throat> to find rosés made from Cabernet Sauvignon, Pinot Noir, Grenache, Syrah, and Shiraz, the, the, the version of that, and many others. Personally, I'm partial to those made from Grenache and Pinot Noir. Wow, well with so much variety out there, I'm eager to hear about the one you've selected for us today and why. So Keith, what are we drinking today? Well, Charlotte, you're, you're right about the variety. Uh, I must admit that my wife and, and I enjoy several different rosés during the hot summer, <clears throat> but I chose for us the rosé that we consider our go-to for, for entertaining or just sitting on the back deck and watching the fireflies, right? We're opening a bottle from south of France made by the well-regarded winemaker and consultant Benjamin Darnot. He calls his rosé Pique Nique, P-I-Q-U-E-N-I-Q-U-E. And it's 100% Grenache, and we absolutely love it. We've been buying uh, this label for several years through the Naked Wines Club, and it's never disappointed. Today, we're opening the 2019 vintage, which ranked among the top 7% of all wines in the world. Wow. Well, I'm so excited, and I love the name Peaknik. It's like, you know, quintessential summertime. So let's pour a couple of glasses and get started. Sure. And already while you're pouring it, I mean, it's a beautiful shade of pale pink and very golden at the same time. Yes. Yes, this is a, <clears throat> this is a classic color for a Grenache rosé. Okay, it's a, um, you know, it's, it's translucent, obviously. It's a standard um, a pink wine. Um, but I do believe, as you mentioned, it has some kind of hints of gold in it. Right. Uh, it also, I think, um, reflects the sunlight. Wow, right? yeah. You know, uh, we're not actually outdoors, but we're in a room with some bright light. And, and I think that, that, that those bright lights are hitting off of the, off of the wine glass and, and, and cutting through that, that uh, Grenache uh, base. Oh yeah, that's exactly right. It leaves reflections on your hand while you're holding the stem. It's, yeah, uh, magical already. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm going to have you swirl it a little bit and then take a smell and uh, see what you think. Wow, well just from the smell alone, it's already, it does come through very sweet, you know, and we mentioned that uh, there may be some some ill feelings of the past rosés, but um, uh, I do quite enjoy already the smell of sweet, and already it's very sharp and bright smelling, so I feel mm -hmm. like it's going to be very refreshing to drink. And now we taste. Sure. Oh wow, yeah, that is incredible. I mean, so sippable, and almost, yeah, I mean, acidic, if you will. I mean, I don't know if that's right, but <laughs> acidic, it like, it slices, it cuts, and, uh, but in a way that's not sour. It's not, you know, something that leaves you puckering or anything. It just feels nice and crisp. 
So <clears throat> what are you what are you getting some hints of when you taste that? I'm definitely getting some fruity elements, maybe some melon. Maybe the color is throwing me off and I'm thinking of, um, of melon here, but I'm definitely getting some citrus as well. I mean, I mentioned the acidity, but you know, the citrus I think is maybe contributing to both a fruity sensation, but also an acidic one. Yes, so when you mention the, the fruit, are you getting some, and you mentioned, I believe, did you did you say melon? Yes. Right? Could you be a little more specific with some of those? Oh, man. Now I need to tiptoe a little more. I mean, maybe, maybe watermelon, maybe honeydew. I'm just going to name all of the melons. <laughs> Cantaloupe. <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, my first, my knee-jerk reaction, and again, I think, I don't know if the color is maybe throwing me off, but watermelon was was coming to mind. It's just, it reminds me of summer, and so does this wine, but um, yeah, I can't necessarily place it. Right. I, you know, I, I get some melon, but I find the melon, when I'm tasting this wine, to be more secondary and for me, it's a lot of the red fruits that are forward in there. I'm, I'm, I'm smelling and tasting strawberry. Oh, wow. So now that I've planted that strawberry seed, you know, in, yes. your, in your mind, you know, I, and, I, and I get some cherry, uh, mm -hmm. you know, some, some, some hints of cherry. I just think that this is a wine that has a lot of that red fruit forwardness mm -hmm. that's that's typical with uh, a rosé that's made 100% Grenache. Mm -hmm. Okay, right? yeah. This is a really good example of, of a wine that's, uh, that's uh, uh, made in this style mm -hmm. from the south of France. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely, and maybe the berry, you know, the berries here and the red fruits, like you mentioned, are also contributing <laughs> to some of the sweetness. Um, or just the the easy sippiness of the wine. <laughs> and, and the other thing that I think is interesting, you know, you mentioned, you know, some acidity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, to me, the acid is at the front when you drink it. And you and, and it ends really quickly. And then the finish of this wine is is much softer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? It's not, it's not sour, you know, and it doesn't linger for long. It's just there enough to, for it to feel refreshing, for it to feel nice and crisp. But then, you know, you're not left with a sort of uh, potent pucker. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a big fan uh, of Wine Enthusiast magazine, and, and, and I love how one of their articles describes rosé. They, they say, rosé is a wine with surprising nuance that encompasses impressive traditions in some of Europe's greatest appellations. However, it is not so complex that it's intimidating. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so I, I think that we can say that there's really nothing intimidating about the wine we're drinking today. Oh, I agree. It's very wonderfully approachable and in a way that doesn't necessarily downgrade the quality. Mm-hmm. A lot of the characteristics of this wine are thanks to the winemaker, Benjamin Darnot. Southern France is home to many, many great rosés, and this one is no exception at all. Darnot's home is in Minervois. I hope I said that correctly, right? <laughs> Sounds um, great to me. You know, it's, it's part of the uh, historic uh, French uh, winemaking region known as the Languedoc-Roussillon um, area. Uh, Darnot is well-established there, and he knows where to find the best grapes, 
and this wine is no exception. He um, uh, had these grapes harvested um, from vineyards uh, not far from the coast, and that's a cooler climate that's perfect for allowing Grenache to ripen slower, and it empowers all of those red berry flavors that we talked about. Wow. I mean, you talk so lovingly about this wine and its winemaker, and if we want to keep enjoying it, how much money are we talking about spending on this French charmer? Well, that, that's the thing about these wonderful rosés from the south of France. I mean, you can find exceptional values. Remember our episode when we were talking about the value proposition of that uh, South African Chenin Blanc? Oh, yeah, were... absolutely. I mean, that one was delicious, and it was not expensive at all. I recall it was about 8 or $9 a bottle for that one. So you're not telling me this is the same price point. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. Wow. When you look at the market prices on good rosés, you know, you'll see them all the way up in the $40 range. Uh, but the Wall Street Journal said the sweet spot for rosé is in the $10 to $20 range. And the one we're drinking costs me $9.99 at the member price on NakedWines.com. Wow. Um, that is a club where I think you can score some very good wines at very good prices. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wine club that, uh, that the members put money in up front. Uh, and that uh, is called an angel contribution, if you will. And then that allows uh, that upfront money to go to the winemakers to create wines um, uh, that, are, that, are, that are sold specifically through the Naked Wines Club. And, and remember, I will say it again, there's nothing that we talk about on this podcast that is driven by marketing affiliations. There's no compensation for that, for that comment. Uh, but if you're looking for good value, in wines like the Chenin Blanc that we drank earlier and this rosé, uh, I highly recommend that you check out the Naked Wines Club. Again, no marketing affiliation. <laughs> <laughs> right, if you want to take your, your wine experience to the next level. Um, well, and at those price points, I mean, I can understand why rosé has become a summer staple. It's refreshing, it's delicious, and you won't go broke drinking it. No, exactly. It's, it's why I wanted to highlight this wine style and especially this bottle of Piquenic. Uh, for those listeners who might want to grab some of these bottles, I believe the 2019 vintage that we're drinking today is out of stock, but the 2020 is available. Uh, Rosé is a wine that you drink young, so snag some of the 2020 and you'll enjoy it uh, just as much as this 2019. The early reviews of it indicate that it might end up scoring a little higher than the 2019 version. Uh, my order is on the way, so <laughs> looking forward to pairing it with some lean fish or a nice summer salad. It, it also pairs nicely with a range of cheeses for those patio snacks. You know, you can try it with a mild cheddar. Uh, but I think the classic pairing um, uh, for a, a Grenache rosé like this would be some semi-soft cheese like a Havarti. Wow. Well, when can I come over for that? Because that sounds awesome. Or maybe we should just take a field trip to the south of France and sip it there. I'm, I'm all for okay. that. I'm all for okay. that. Right. <laughs> well, we're going to step away for a moment. We'll be back shortly to wrap up this episode with our wine word feature. This week's word is acid, and Keith will tell us why we need it in our wines. Okay, so today's wine word, acid, it came up several times when we were talking about the flavors and sensations when drinking the wine today. So what does acid mean in the context of wine? Okay, so acids are a natural part of the chemical makeup of wine. 
if you did the analysis, you'd find acids such as tartaric, um, malic, and um, citric acids. You know, we don't need to get into all of the science behind these acids, but let's just say that we need these acids there uh, in order to enjoy our wines. It's the acids that give our wines their fresh tart flavor, and that's what we were sensing today. You know, we don't want too much acid because that would make it overly sour, and we don't want too little acid because that would make the wine taste flat, right? If you use the Vivino app, which we talk about a lot on this show, you'll see they rate taste characteristics on a sliding scale with soft all the way to the left side of the scale and acidic all the way to the right side of the scale. The rosé wines I typically like fall just to the right of center of that scale, which is exactly where Picnic came in, right? Nicely balanced, enough acidity to give that fresh sensation without going overboard. You know, one thing I'll mention that, um, that's important to know about acid is that it sometimes leads to crystals. And, and sometimes you'll uncork a bottle of wine and you'll notice some hard crystals have formed at the cork, right? Some people find those unsettling, but rest assured, they're only tartaric acid crystals. It's a natural byproduct of winemaking. I read an article in Wine Spectator magazine that called them wine diamonds. <laughs> and the writer said that, that was a lovely way to try to convince people not to worry about them, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Wine diamonds. I mean, that's a great phrase. Yes, I thought so. But still don't eat those crystals. I mean, okay. they're not going to hurt you, uh, but they're, they're really sour. Okay? <laughs> noted. <laughs> yeah. Noted. We'll just stare at them prettily. Um, well, that wraps up this episode. I mean, it was great to share our rosé with you, the listeners of Wines We Drink. So thanks, everyone. And we'll be back next with another summer favorite, Pinot Grigio. Thanks, Charlotte. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for listening to Wines We Drink. Listen to our other episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be the first to listen to future episodes. And follow us on Twitter at Wines We Drink and Instagram at The Wines We Drink. Cheers. Cheers.